Hello, pet lovers, and a warm tail wag welcome to all of our listeners. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. Did Fido poop today? My name is Jennifer Maroney, and I am the owner of Critter Sitters and More. And this podcast is all about the health and care of our pet family. I invite you to head on over to our website, CritterSittersAndMore.com, and check out the Critter Parent Resources tab for more great information. And of course, be sure to like, follow, and share our Facebook page, Peninsula. Now for today's topic. Uh, hello, everybody, and I am excited to invite you to our first and what I hope becomes a series of Ask the Vet. And with us this evening, I have uh, Dr. Crumpton, who is absolutely fabulous. Uh, She practices veterinary medicine at the Animal Medical Care Center located in Yorktown, Virginia. And if y'all have been with me long enough, you know, last year, I was struggling over the name of the uh, of the practice, but now I can just peel it off right away because she does an amazing job with my dogs, Abby and Hot Suds, and I am so excited uh, that uh, they are in her care and and really in the care of the whole team there. Uh, so uh, I wanted just to start off. By, uh, before we get into the questions that were asked on our Facebook group page, I just wanted to ask Dr. Crumpton just to share with us a little bit about what her passion is with veterinary medicine, because everybody has a different passion when they get into their job and they have things that mean uh you know, so much to them and they have focuses. So I would love Dr. Crumpton to share a little bit about that with us. So take it away. Hi guys, I'm Dr. Crumpton, like you said. Um, So I guess my passion would probably be preventative care. Um, We see so many patients, especially with like allergies and stuff like that, that we can help try to prevent um, certain like infections or diseases. Um, in general, preventative care, having your pet coming for like semi-annual exams, giving us a chance to do a really good thorough look over at the body every six months, and hopefully catching the little lumpy bumpies, or maybe your pet has this loosey-goosey tooth, or it's a little bit of a pocket, maybe a little bit of gingival recession, and we're able to keep monitoring that tooth and decide maybe in six months that, hey, that tooth actually needs to come out and prevent infection of the mouth. and. Um, a reduced quality of life for your pet. So preventative care is definitely one of my passions. Um, weight loss included in that. Um, proper dieting and vaccines and stuff like that. Proper treatment. Uh, we just had a patient at my clinic who finished his heartworm treatment. He is. Um, he got his last injection a few weeks ago, and we're hopefully getting him through his last couple of weeks of. Um, kenneling and uh, strict exercise restriction before he can go back and be a happy, healthy puppy again. So preventative care is definitely where it's at, Beeps. 
It really is. And uh, you touched on allergies there. Uh, you touched on dental care. Of course, we had quite a few questions this evening about allergies, so we'll, we'll dive into that. Uh, dental care, that's that's a big thing uh, for me and my pets. Uh, you know, both, of, both of my dogs were uh, adopted as you know, they were senior dogs, um, uh, and they're both about the age of 10. And, you know, uh, the not having those regular cleanings and getting them accustomed to having those teeth brushed early on has really led to some serious dental issues for both of them. Uh, so uh, I, I really appreciate um, that uh, those are some of the top questions, allergies and dental care, uh, that we're going to dive into this evening. And uh, I, I do really appreciate you taking your time and sharing with us your energy and expertise. And uh, so we're going to go in. And the way I'm going to do this is we have a bunch of questions here. Oh, kitty mitty. It's not a... It's not a true conference until a pet walks across the screen. That is very true. <laughs> she loves to be a part of stuff like this. <laughs> so, uh, so what I am going to do is just kind of uh, go down the list here. And we're going to answer as many questions as we possibly can get through this evening uh, until, and I call her Dr. C, uh, until Dr. C uh, is ready uh, to, to call it a night. Uh, and if we don't get to something this evening and we miss it, or if you've got a question, uh, don't worry. I think I've roped her into doing this pretty regularly, and we'll be happy to move forward uh, next month as well. So uh, starting off, uh, Lisa asked, any suggestions why a dog may chew their feet a lot, even if they are well-groomed. Yes. So my biggest rule out for a dog that has been licking their paws is going to be allergies. Um, we see so many of them. Virginia is literally the worst state for allergies. Um, I actually have quite a few people, because we're really in a military-heavy um, area, and so they'll move from other states or even other countries, and all of a sudden their pet who has never had any skin or ear issues before suddenly has ear infections and skin infections, nonstop licking up their paws. And they're like, what is going on with my pet? And I'm like, you chose the worst state to move to. Sorry, coconut. <laughs> um, so that is definitely like the highest on my differential list. Um, ways that we can help to manage allergies. So... If it's a pretty mild allergy, Benadryl, Zyrtec, stuff like that, over the counter may be beneficial. Um, my rule of the pet, your pet get better week um, to contact your veterinarian, have them seen. And there is other stuff in the clinic that you can try, like Cytopoint or Apoquel. Um, Cytopoint is one of my favorite medications. It's an injection. It typically lasts about four to eight weeks. And... Um, it just provides a lot of itching relief. Um, so when you have allergies, it's a pretty vicious cycle of inflammation. And that inflammation causes itching. And that itching causes more inflammation, which causes more itching. So you have to break that cycle. And Cytopoint Apoquel, those are two really great medications that help stop that cycle. Um, other things that licking up pause could be maybe your pet stuck on something. Maybe they have... Um, 
an anxiety moment. We see quite a few pets, especially kitties, that anxiety mostly comes up with like licking a certain part of their body, um, excessive grooming, especially in cats, they'll lose hair on their tummy. Um, in dogs, sometimes they'll get hot spots or like acrylic green wellness where they just keep licking and keep licking. So definitely stuff to look out for. Um, if you don't know if your pet is looking at their paws, you can always take a little paws like this, grab their little toesies, and you can typically see this like reddish color, or you can just feel some wetness there. That's typically a good sign of your pet's licking their paws. So hope that makes sense. <laughs> it does, and thank you so much. Uh, just if I may ask a follow-up question, uh, what? How do you determine whether it is, you know, just uh, how, yeah, whether it's an anxiety reason for paw licking or if it's an allergy reason. Yeah, so my my go-to, um, what I have found the most successful is typically when a pet licks their, their paws, like I said, allergies are always off of my list, and typically it's going to be an environmental allergy. So pairing that with history, we just moved from a different state, my pet's suddenly doing this now, um, just it, it's more common from what I've seen for it to be allergies. So I always try side a point um, to rule out an allergy. If the pet doesn't get better and they continue to like they have infections that they treat, they get better and they come back. We rule out food allergies. Um, flea bite allergies typically don't cause licking of the paws. And then you can, uh, if that, if you have the infections, they keep coming back. They're not getting any better. Um, then at that point, we typically refer to a dermatologist. Other things, it's really based, based off of, of history, clinical signs. Um, so if, if an owner comes to me and they're like, you know, Dr. Grumden, my pet is just pretty anxious at home in general. We're pretty restless or um, maybe we, we bark a lot, especially with strangers. We tremble a lot. We shiver. Um, like in general, this dog just seems pretty anxious. It's definitely something that we can try to rule out. So um, for doggies, I like to try adaptal just to see if that starts to make an impact. Um, I still, like I said, allergies are still high on my list. So I will still recommend that we try cytopoint and stuff like that and kind of just try to get to the bottom of it that way. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And thank you for that tip. And I guess, you know, what, what always comes down to and what we talk about in Pet First Aid is partner with your veterinarian, uh, you know, ask the questions. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that you have no problem spending time uh, making sure that all of our pet families that you work with, you know, has all the information they can need to, to make the right decisions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, it's so funny because, you know, you touched on allergies and you touched on dental care. Uh, our next question comes from uh, Susan Hedges Say, and her question is, how often should an aggressive chewer have her teeth cleaned? And she follows that up by saying she loves beanie bones and anything from chewies. Chewy, I guess that, yeah. All right, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my rule of thumb with dental cleanings is uh, at our clinic, we always recommend it at least once a year. Um, good prophylactic cleaning is going to be at least once a year. 
Um, if you're not going to allow it, I really like to have owners brush their teeth at home, especially if they're licking their, their paws, chewing their toe beans, um, eating a whole bunch of wet food, stuff that's going to keep plaque and tartar on those teeth. Um, if you have a dog that you just cannot, cannot brush their teeth, um, because they just don't like stuff being in their mouth, they just don't like the flavor of the toothpaste, they don't like the texture, whatever the reason is, there are definitely products out there. Um, I always refer my clients to this website, www.vohc.org. That's, if I'm not mistaken, it's Veterinary uh, Oral Health Committee, I think, uh, vohc.org. And that is a, a website put together by veterinarians and dentists, and they have tested these products to be effective against the build of plaque and tartar. And there's products for kitties and doggies. It's like three pages of stuff. It's really beneficial. Um, Hill Science, the TD diets on there. Um, CET toothpaste, Oravet tubes, greenies, um, all of that stuff is on there. So I really always recommend that to my clients. If their dogs are like, do not touch my mouth. This is forbidden. Do not touch. <laughs> I, I will say uh, hot sauce can be 50-50 about whether or not he lets me brush his teeth. He's got to be in the right mm -hmm. mood. But uh, And I tried a lot of different doggy toothpastes. And mm -hmm. ultimately, the one that I found that he likes the flavor of best uh, is the... Um, it's the chicken one that you get from the veterinary yeah. clinics. You know, God yeah. bless my dog for having expensive taste. <laughs> but, you know, uh, he, he, he does tolerate it. But I can't just stick it on a toothbrush and stick it in his mouth. You know, I have yeah. to hold it up in front of it, let him sniff it, let him lick it. And then I can kind of get into that gum area. So, yeah. Yeah. But it, it's... It, the better thing for him, honestly, are, are just regular cleanings uh, at the vet, um, which we hate to do, but, you know, he needs it if he wants to keep his teeth. And, um, and if any of us have ever had a toothache, it's just like that for our dogs and cats, too. So, Yeah, and I'll add a couple more things to that. One, about toothbrushing. Um, we did a video sometime last year a year ago um, that would have been about a year ago <laughs> yeah and it's on uh how to start brushing so there's a really great video of that on the page uh, my biggest rule of them is to start slow let them get used to the flavor and the texture and then just keep working up that way the other thing i want to add is if you have a small breed dog so these are dogs that are like 20 pounds or less they are notorious for having bad dental health. And a lot of that comes from feeding wet food. So I typically don't recommend wet food for clients um, unless there's a reason, like your dog is just really picky or um, sometimes if I have a dog that has a food allergy and they can only have this one prescription diet, there's not many treats out there that are hyperallergenic. So I'll tell my clients, you know, Take a can of this wet food that's hypoallergenic, roll it up in a little meatball, and have that be a treat. Sometimes, same way kidney disease, there's, um, if your pet has a kidney failure, we'll recommend a prescription kidney diet because it's best for your pet. And sometimes, there's not many options. So, again, having that wet food as an option for a treat is a good, a good thing. Um, so, I really don't recommend wet food for little dogs, especially little dogs. 
Um, there are reasons why you would do a wet food, especially picky mess. It's definitely one thing. Um, if you are having to feed your dog a wet food, daily brushing is absolutely recommended um, just because it's going to be your best chances to help prevent that build up a plaque and tartar and to help prevent those really no uh, cleanings and extractions because I promise you hate it coming out of your wallet and I feel bad when I have to charge you. So. <laughs> and so the, the ultimate answer to the question is even if you have a, an aggressive chewer, having a mm -hmm. good dental care at least once a year is yeah. highly recommended. Uh, if you have a small dog or a dog, uh, just in general, because of, you know, and we've all, you know, had, had the opportunity. Many of us have adopted uh, even larger dogs uh, from rescues and shelters that were just neglected over the years. Um, in the mm -hmm. event that because of that, um, uh, their dental health is just going to be poor moving forward, uh, then, you know, maybe twice a year cleanings could be recommended depending on the need. And uh, supplements, so that's what I'm hearing. Did I? Okay. We have, um, there is a supplement, I think it's Aura, ugh, I don't remember the name off, off the top of my head, Perio Support, I think. That's the powder um, stuff? Yeah. Yeah, my dogs and, are on that. <laughs> yeah, and I've heard really great things about that. So there are definitely supplements and rinses and toothpastes and diets. There's a whole bunch out there for your pets that have really good dental health. So dental health, I know, I know they're dogs, but just like in people, dental health is really important. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, once they have poor dental health, it gets into their bloodstream and it affects yep. their hearts and kidneys just like it would for humans. So. I was literally just that. <laughs> and think about it. Uh, I had a patient come into the clinic the other day that um, their, their canine is a really pretty tooth and then the tooth behind that really pretty tooth. Um, there's so much bone loss of the alveolar bone. So that's the bone that's um, a part of your skull it lines and protects that tooth, the, the tooth roots. And when you have really bad dental disease, that gum tissue, that bone, all of that gets eaten away and it exposes your roots. Well, that sets up numerous areas for you to get bacteria and infection. That tooth becomes a goosey. So whenever they bite on that, imagine how painful that is for them. Yeah. So bad dental disease can reduce their quality of life. And I'm not saying like, yeah, you put down because they have bad dental disease. It's just a little bit of discomfort. My goal as a veterinarian is to keep your pet as comfortable as possible and as happy as possible. I want you and your pets to be happy and healthy. Oh, thank you. That's why I love yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've done some good deep dive into that and I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, so yeah. let's, Hop over to our next question, which is from my good friend, Alexandria McKenzie. And she starts off with picky puppy problem. Love the peas. <laughs> uh, we, have a, <laughs> we have adult dogs too. And so far we can't. Oh, wait. Oh, and so far we can't find the puppy food he will eat. I'm not convenient. Oh, 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 okay. I see what this is. So their puppy 
only wants to eat the adult dog food uh, and will hurt himself just to, uh, oh my goodness. So this, this guy aggressively only wants adult dog food, which is a shame uh, because, you know, uh, puppies have different nutritional needs because of the high energy. So the question is, is there a supplement that he could have which um, you know would give him the the puppy nutrition he needs. So there are definitely a lot of supplements out there. Um, I aggressive or not aggressive, picky puppies and picky adults. These are challenging because there's a lot of reasons why they become picky. Um, so if you have a puppy, depending on what age they are, they may be able to make that transition over to adult food a little bit sooner. Um, I like puppies to stay on puppy food until they're about a year old. But if your pet is fully grown, um, by about like eight months old, sometimes you can start making that shift a little bit sooner. Um, if you have a puppy that's like, say, four months old, they definitely do need that nutritional support. And sometimes the adult food can upset their tummy. So really encourage them to eat their puppy food would be best. You can mix in a little bit of canned puppy food. I know I said I don't like canned food, but this is one of those instances where it's okay. <laughs> you can mix in canned puppy food um, with their diet um, and really encourage them to eat it. So if they have a kibble, you can mix that with water. You could do some low sodium chicken broth. Pop that sucker in the microwave. Make it super stinky. And that may help cure some of that pickiness. Um, I like Pets are weird, and they love super, super stinky. So when in doubt, put some water in it, put some low sodium chicken broth, soften that stuff up, pop it in the microwave. It's going to make your house smell horrible, but they're probably going to like it. Um, as far as supplements go, there are definitely a lot out there. Um, I am not super familiar with many of them. I have had clients come to me about um, like building – um, lean dogs, and I just don't feel comfortable with them just because I just feel like there's not enough information out there. Um, so I would stick with, with tested stuff like Hill Science Diet, Queen and Pro Plan, um, Royal Canin. Those three brands have um, scientists and veterinary nutritionists on board to make sure that diets are really good and well-balanced. Um, you can add in stuff like carrots and fresh green beans and stuff like that to kind of help entice them to eat. Um, if you do have puppies and you are feeding them any human food, you should absolutely stop that because that is the like, biggest contributor to having a puppy or a dog that's super picky. Um, they get a taste of your steak and they're like, you know, this is so much better than this dry kibble that you're giving me. And I want that, not this. And so they'll sit there and they'll thank you. And even puppy dog eyes, you're going to fall for it because you love them. And food is love. So cut back on the human food, which I know is really hard. Um, you can give, you can still do some human food. Like I said, fresh green beans, cut carrots, um, fruits, like seedless watermelons. You could do stuff like that. For your uh, some dogs, you can add in a little bit of plain cold chicken. Um, not much. But I would honestly, if you can, just soften their food with water or that blue sodium chicken broth, put it in the microwave, see how that helps them. Mix in a little bit of canned wet food. Again, brush their teeth because we don't want them to have bad teeth. But um, you can try that and see how that works. 
And I think ultimately, you know, when we're adding that little canned wet food, it's just enough to give them a taste so they get excited about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not, not like half and a half, just a little bit. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And the kibble. So what we like about kibble is that it kind of acts as a like mechanical toothbrush kind of, because as they're chomping that down, it's the kibble is rubbing up against their teeth. And so it's helping to pull out that pocket harder. So that's why we like the dry food more so with the wet food. That's another reason. But like, like she said, just enough to give them that flavor will definitely help. I have another question, but let's, uh, before I circle back around, I want to make sure I get to everybody else's. So this is really good stuff. (laughs) Okay. So Beverly, uh, asked us, um, uh, what can I give my 16 year old American Stafford Terrier to increase her appetite? Their other puppy died, not puppy, but their other dog, uh, died, uh, of cancer a year and a half ago and and it sounds like Bailey here is just you know still you know with that loss so uh, you know what what can we do to stimulate that appetite and get get her to eat so that she remains healthy yeah so first things first um, as a veterinarian I would say definitely consult your veterinarian um, especially in the case like this a little bit older um, getting routine blood work on her just to rule out diseases like kidney disease, which is super common, especially with that age. Um, and just have test for overall systemic health um, would definitely be my first step. If that all comes back normal, um, you, there are definitely things you could do. Again, mixing her food with that water, low sodium, um, chicken broth, seeing if that helps, making them super stinky. Um, if that doesn't work, we do have appetite stimulants available, like in price or um, you can talk to your veterinarian about doing that. Again, I would rule out other diseases first to make sure that your pet's okay to have that stuff. Um, and that does require a prescription, so you will have to consult your veterinarian anyway. But um, there are products out there that will help to stimulate. If you think it's because of anxiety or depression due to a pet passing, um, you try adaptal um, and um, Trying to think, compose your shoes. You can talk to your veterinarian about maybe a trazodone or a Prozac or some other um, anxiety medication. Um, you can try licking mats, enriching their environment, taking them for more walks, if you think that truly is what's going on. But again, my first recommendation would be go see your veterinarian with that age. I would just want to play it safe, while, um, check overall systemic health, while some really bad diseases, and then move forward that way. Thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. that info. All right. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, little Abby says hello, everybody. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. She needs a dental cleaning. Yeah. Coming next. <laughs> All right. And it looks like, oh, here's an interesting one. Very different. Something I haven't seen before. Uh, she says, uh, Carrie. Uh, asked, what is the best product to moisturize paw pads? Um, and will this help with attraction on hardwood floors? She does say that the hairs between the paws are groomed, so they're keeping up with good grooming. 
Um, okay. So, yeah, so um, especially <laughs> during the winter when um, you have a lot of dryness in your home, uh, my feet are cracked myself and it really sucks hurts. So I can imagine how your babies feel. Um, so the, I, I would typically recommend like a Vaseline or something like that to help keep them soft. The problem is that your dogs are going to eat that most likely. So um, you can try fish oils and see if that helps to provide some moisture. Um, having a humidifier in your home and seeing if that helps to reduce some of the dryness in your home and provide moisture. Um, there is something called tough foot. It's T-U-F foot. Um, I was looking a lot into that and um, there's been some pretty good reviews on that. And it's for, um, you can use it in people too, but you can use it in dogs. And it's good, like you're working your hunting dogs, your dogs are really active and always on their feet. Um, I would, again, look at veterinarians because there could be a reason besides just um, the winter months and it being dry for why a pet has cracked paws. Um, could, they, could there be an allergy? And could they be licking and that's what's causing the irritation? You know, could they have actually a slicer foot and it's not cracked with something else going on? So it wouldn't hurt to consult your veterinarian. Um, like I said, you can try um, tough foot. I don't. I haven't personally used it, but I was reading some pretty good reviews about it. So it may be worth trying. Um, other things, like I said, try to try to dehumidify your home. If I said that correctly, um, during those winter months and see if that helps. So you had mentioned fish oil. Now, is that something that you're thinking to put on the paw itself or that just uh, get like the fish oil pills that they're going to ingest or, or something that they're going to eat so that we're yeah. moisturizing inside out? Yeah, it's something okay. that they eat. Um, okay. Fish oil, I have found are just pretty magical things. It works for so many different things. Kidney disease and your skin coat and stuff like that. Um, so when in doubt, try a fish oil. It's not going to hurt anything. If anything, you know, it also helps joints. If your pet is arthritic, maybe it'll help protect your joints a little bit. Um, it's just a very, like, well-rounded supplement. So um, we we like Galactin. We've been using that a lot in our clinic. And it's not your typical over-the-counter fish oil. Um, it is something you do have to... I think you can get it over the counter, so you don't. I don't think you need a prescription for it. I may be wrong, but it's not like your typical like go to Walmart. It, it's something like a human would take. It is like specifically for um for animals. Um, I've been using it these last few weeks, and I've really enjoyed using it for um for some of my patients. So. Thank you for listening in today. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Want more great tips on pet care and other pet resources? Then head on over to our website, www.crittersittersandmore.com. And be sure to check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash crittersittersandmore.vapeninsula.